Poole Couch Podcast is a weekly conversation with Dr. Lakeitha Poole, a licensed professional counselor in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, about all things mental health and personal growth. The Emerald Couch Podcast is the go-to pop site dialogue for self-help, good laughs, and real talk. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for seeking support from a licensed mental health professional and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information about counseling and therapeutic services, or for assistance in connecting with a therapist in your area, visit our website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com. Let's start the show. This is your host, Dr. Lakeitha Poole. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to our 15th episode. This is so exciting to be at this point. Um, And we appreciate all of you who tune in every week, who plop down on the couch um, and listen to what we talk about as we try to continue to erase stigma around mental health and creating a space to talk about these topics um, that's fun, but also informational. As always, as you continue to support, make sure that you subscribe. And if you're listening now, that means you probably already have, but make sure that you share and tell a friend, um, whether that's through Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. And then also connect with us on social media on Instagram at Go Small Talk Counseling um, or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash smalltalkcounseling. So um, if you haven't already, also check out our website, www.smalltalkcounseling.com. That's where you can submit your Ask Dr. LP questions, check out what we have going on, um, events, blogs, and even our social media feeds on there too. So if you haven't already, make sure you take a look at that. And if you are enjoying the show, uh, we ask that you please like us on SoundCloud, share on SoundCloud, and in Apple Podcasts, make sure that you rate us so that more people can find us and more people can join us here on the Emerald Couch. So thanks in advance for that. So episode 15, we've made it. Um, I'm really excited about this topic because I think it's relevant, particularly for those folks who are uh, get the end of summer blues and start to think about all the ways that maybe all those goals and plans that they had in the beginning, whether they've come to pass or not, feel some sort of way. And so it's great to be able to maybe reflect on that a little bit. So today's topic is uh, in my feelings, and that's the hashtag but overcoming rejection. And really what I want us to do is because we've been highlighting and discussing minority mental health all month long for the month of July, I wanted to bring in this super popular Drake song in my feelings and kind of explore how committed sometimes we tend to be to things, to people, and we don't always maybe get that shared sense of affection and commitment from uh, those things and people. And so you know, what if you find out that that person isn't down to ride like he acts in the song and what do you do about that? So I really want us to talk about rejection and how to maybe handle that, offer some tips and obviously leave room for more discussion after the show. 
So just to kind of give folks who maybe aren't familiar with even the term rejection or really being able to define it, but rejection is a common experience that if properly processed can lead to deeper levels of determination, grit, and even better opportunities. So that's more of the positive side of it. A lot of times people are able to sort of bounce back from the fact that somebody does reject them and they're able to use that, but that's probably a very strong person and also not the majority of people. So we can see rejection occur in relationships, so maybe unrequited love, you might see it in the workplace, so not getting that job or that promotion that maybe you expected or applied for. Um, you see it in entrepreneurship, so maybe difficulty raising startup capital or an unresponsive buyer community, um, people just not supporting. So the list goes on and on and on. In a formal capacity, though, rejection is really defined as uh, the dismissing or refusing of a proposal, idea, etc., and or the spurning of a person's affections. So in either case, after experiencing rejection, we tend to feel a sense of dismissal, desertion, and abandonment that can sometimes be really, really difficult for people to cope with. So to kind of make this relevant, I want to reference a 2015 article written by psychologist Guy Winch um, for ideas.ted.com. And I know everybody loves a good TED talk. Um, If you've never listened to a TED talk before, you should check them out. Um, They all aren't great, but There are definitely some great ones out there um, if you're looking for another way to sort of have a therapeutic experience around topics that maybe you can't always find the words for. It's really cool to have these speakers do that for you. But the article is entitled, Why Rejection Hurts So Much and What to Do About It. And a link will be posted in the show notes for you to check out the full article. But some of the things that kind of come up is just how we define rejection, uh, what it looks like. And then I want to, like I said, mention some of the tips that um, are useful in overcoming rejection. So here's what we know. Rejection is the most common emotional wound we experience and sustain in our daily lives. And I think the reason is because this experience has both evolved and broadened because we previously only had to experience rejection in our immediate social circle. So former friends, the end of a relationship, losing the job, maybe even being like criticized or ostracized by family for life choices and decisions. Um, But now, due to the advancement of technology and social media, we're connected to hundreds, maybe even thousands of people at a time that have the power to evoke rejection into our lives by not liking a post or ignoring a dating profile or not responding in a group chat. And so regardless of the type and the intensity, all forms of rejection are still painful and often much more than we expect them to be. And so I think the real question that most of us ask ourselves is why? Why does it hurt that much to feel rejected by someone or something? Um, And why does it have such a great impact and influence on our mood, on our self-esteem, and ultimately maybe even on someone's self-perception? So the simple answer is biology. Our brains are wired to respond in a certain way, particularly that way. Something happens, we don't like it, we feel hurt. But biologically, the same areas of our brains that are activated when we experience physical pain, so some sort of injury, um, having a surgical procedure, those are the same areas that are activated when we experience the emotional pain of rejection as well. So our, our bodies and our brains don't really differentiate between the two, and that's why it tends to hurt in a way that maybe other forms of sadness or disappointment don't. Unfortunately, the greatest damage rejection causes is usually self-inflicted. So a lot of times we try to blame that feeling of rejection on the person or thing that we maybe feel rejected us, but a lot of times there's an internal component. 
And so in the moment, we tend to become intensely self-critical. We might call ourselves names. Uh, We magnify our shortcomings and often feel frustrated with ourselves over the reason that we think we may have been rejected. And so in other words, just when our self-esteem and ego are hurting the most, we go and push that dagger in just a little bit more and twist it around a little bit to the point where it's even more painful and the damage is worse and the negative emotions last even longer. And so, of course, doing this is emotionally unhealthy and self-destructive psychologically, but every single one of us who's ever felt rejected has done this at some point in our lives. And so I can even think about maybe for me growing up, I was extremely focused on academics. I worked tirelessly to make sure that I achieved whatever I wanted to accomplish. And so this obviously allowed me to feel a great sense of pride in whatever I did. But at the same time, it also didn't allow me maybe to fully develop fully an understanding of what rejection looked like until I was an adult. And so, of course, the scenarios in adulthood are just much more intensive and the stakes are much higher. So whether that was a job I didn't get, a relationship that didn't work out, maybe not always fitting into um, societal norms, that felt way different than not getting maybe that grade I wanted on a test because that was something that definitely felt more in my control or that if I did what I needed to do, then I would definitely be able to be accepted by whatever that that measure of success was. Um, But it doesn't always work like that for adulthood or for the experiences that we have now that are much more emotionally intensive. So the connection that we often don't make to these type of life events is that they're completely out of our control. We can't help that somebody doesn't see the potential in what we bring to the table. Um, We can't help that that job that we wanted, that promotion that we wanted, that our supervisor doesn't see that potential in us to really get the job done. We definitely can't help that someone isn't in the same sacrificial place of what it takes to be in a committed relationship, to not realize that their dream girl, a guy, you know, doesn't have to stick around and wait for them. So, you know, these are all ways that we really probably have to take notice of the fact that those things are without of our our control. And I think even more so, and I didn't even think about this until talking right now to say it, but we live in a world where our individual and collective standards of things like beauty and intelligence, success, aren't recognized and valued in the same way either. And so again, when we make that connection back to social media, while people, you know, are always posting their exciting life events, getting a new job, getting engaged, moving, traveling, we definitely don't get to see some of those scenarios where things aren't always as perfect. And so we have to realize that we don't have to accept any of those scenarios as fact or restructure our lives outside of who we know that we are because that's a whole other episode of a podcast. Um, You know, we definitely have to be able to shut down those misperceptions that other people try to place on us because like we mentioned earlier, they become extremely hurtful um, and we internalize them to the point where the wound is much worse. So we're not hopeless. I do want to make sure that I make that clear, you know, however. So we're, we're not hopeless. There are a number of ways that the article that I mentioned notes to positively respond to rejection and kind of bounce back better than ever. Um, and I really want to share some of those with you and kind of how you can maybe think about this in a different way so that you don't get stuck in that place of feeling overly self-critical or even depressed over what you think might be the worst feeling you've ever felt through um, a form of rejection. So the first 
um, tip how to positively respond to rejection is to have a zero tolerance for self-criticism. So this is exactly what we were just talking about. So it's always tempting to be able to list all your faults in the aftermath of what's uh, seeming like a rejection. And so, you know, the natural reaction is to, to chastise yourself for what you did wrong or what you didn't uh, live up to. But you can't do that. <laughs> so let's just leave it there. You can't you can't just stop there and leave it there. Uh, you definitely need to maybe, you know, be reflective and think about maybe what happened. Consider if there's something differently that you can do. But there's really no reason to be punitive towards yourself um, or overly self-critical while doing that. So being able to realize that, you know, a common mistake is we assume that rejection is personal and it's not. A lot of times rejections, whether they're romantic, professional, social, are about misfits or um, a circumstance that maybe just is out of our control. And so making sure that you don't spend your time going through this exhaustive list of all the things that are wrong with you and trying to figure out, well, why didn't it work out? Why didn't they hire me? Um, it's not going to lead to anything productive and it can often be misleading and make you make choices beyond that initial rejection um, that do lead to things that don't create opportunities for you to be able to rectify it or to just move forward. The second tip that they offer is to revive your self-worth. So when your self-esteem or your self-worth takes a hit, it's really important to remind yourself of the things that you do have to offer. So obviously doing that in opposition to listing all of the shortcomings or all the things that you think are wrong. And so the best way to boost your feelings is to really affirm and remind yourself of the things that you bring to the table. What is it that makes you valuable? And so, you know, whether that's making a list or being able to uh, talk with a friend who you know is always going to be your biggest cheerleader, being able to really apply sort of that emotional first aid to yourself is a really great and critical step in being able to move past something that, again, causes a lot of pain, causes a lot of hurt. The last tip that they offer is to boost your feelings of social connection. So like we mentioned earlier, a lot of times our social rejection comes from the fact that we live in a society now where a click of a button, so a thumbs up, thumbs down, um, liking something, reposting something is what gives it value. And so because we're social beings, we have a tendency to want to feel wanted, want to feel valued by other people, other groups. Um, that we might be affiliated with, or maybe groups that we're not even affiliated with, but that we think we want to be a part of. And so because of the fact that rejection destabilizes our need and desire to belong, it leaves us feeling extremely unsettled and um, disconnected from our social sort of circle and realm. So we have to remind ourselves that, you know, no matter what, we're appreciated and we can feel connected to folks that are our folks. So people always say like, find your people, be able to know who those people are so that you can figure out a way to create that social connection that you need. So if your coworkers, you know, didn't invite you to grab lunch, go get lunch at your favorite spot with a person that maybe you've never reached out to, to ask to lunch, being able to connect with that circle of friends, maybe for happy hour after work that, you know, always have a boost for your 
your mood and for your attitude and how you view yourself. Being able to kind of give yourself that room and that freedom to create your own social acceptability, but also personal acceptability um, is one of the best possible ways to boost your feelings and to overcome rejection. So that's a brief um, sneak peek at the list offered through the article. Make sure you definitely try some of these out. I think they are super, super useful. I think overall, just in wrapping up this topic, one of the things to remember is that rejection is never going to be easy. You know, it's never something that I think anyone ever learns to accept, but knowing how to limit the psychological damage that it inflicts upon you and how to rebuild your self-esteem can really help you recover much sooner and help you move forward in a confident and determined way, really. And so being able to not get so in your feelings about something that again may be completely not about you or that you shouldn't take personal or if it does directly involve you that you don't let shape your self-perception is very very important to your overall well-being and mental health and so the next time you find yourself in that scenario you gotta take a look in the mirror and really remind yourself of who you are and know that overcoming rejection is one of the key ways for you to maintain that positive self-perception, but also to live your very, very best life. So hopefully this helps somebody out there who's never thought about rejection in this way to be able to move forward and be happy and healthy. So we're going to take a quick break right there and we'll be back with our signature segments. We are back with our second half of the show and all of our signature segments. And so, as usual, we're going to kick off with our pop psych moment of the week. Um, And so this week, obviously, our topic today was about rejection. But I really want to highlight something that has been in the media maybe for the last week or so and just kind of bring to light something that, for me, I wasn't aware of and definitely maybe some of you haven't been either but to highlight some of the ways in which if we let rejection really get in the way of how we view ourselves how we view our levels of success how we view what we're able um, to achieve that it can really get in the way of sort of our next big thing or the, the the blessing that's kind of on the other side of that rejection so I want to talk about the recent I guess success story and even though she's had a very long career so I don't even want to call it a success story because that makes it sound like it happened overnight but the issue of Pat McGrath Labs versus Kylie Cosmetics and so recently most people have probably seen Kylie Jenner being featured on the cover of Forbes magazine for being projected to become the youngest self-made billionaire and obviously like the definition of self-made is up for a debate but that's also another podcast episode Um, and so there's lots of controversy around this obviously because of the name that Kylie Jenner carries and the connection to the Kardashian family that she has and indeed is that truly being self-made whereas Pat McGrath who's been in the cosmetic industry for years and who's had her cosmetics line for several years um, recently secured a 60 million dollar deal from an investment firm that now brings her cosmetic company's value to over one billion dollars which actually now makes her um, a billionaire. And so 
what I think you are seeing if you have heard of this story on social media or in entertainment outlets is why the disparity in sort of that story being highlighted. And so obviously, you know, imagine the rejection that maybe Pat McGrath Labs faced when it came to maybe standards of beauty because Pat maybe was told she didn't fit because of her age or because of her race. And that has never stopped her from being able to just follow through on the process that she's had with creating her company and growing it. The products, just based on what I've done research-wise after learning about this story, look amazing. Um, Definitely look of high quality, definitely gives a reason as to why she secured this $60 million Deal. And so, you know, I hope that if nothing else, it makes it pretty clear that rejection invades all industries um, and all life areas. And so imagine what would have happened if she would have let what she saw shape her business approach or doubted the quality of her products and had just decided to quit. And so honestly, you know, this week's pop psych moment is really about knowing that rejection is not about how you start. It's really about how you finish. And so being able to make that connection to our topic around rejection and being in your feelings versus overcoming it, I think if if there was anybody to highlight this week or to think about this week, it's definitely Pat McGrath and her cosmetics company as um, she's done something that I don't necessarily know anybody else has been able to do and yet has a story to tell about what it took to get there. And so, as I said before, just imagine what that had to feel like for her emotionally, but also being able to realize what maybe that rejection did by not internalizing it personally and taking it personally for her in order to be able to bounce back and try harder or um, create a brand that was even bigger and better than what she had previously even imagined for herself. So obviously shout out to her, shout out to her company for doing such big, big, big things. And I can't wait to see kind of what's next with that. And that is this week's pop psych moment of the week. So our uh, last segment of today is our small talk bookshelf. So this is where I always offer up either what I am currently reading or past readings for me that have connected both to our topic, but also that I think may help uh, someone who's listening and being able to Uh, overcome whatever emotions they may have um, in order to live better and be able to add to your toolkit of ways to do that when you need encouragement that doesn't include listening to this podcast, going to therapy, talking with your grandma. Um, These are the ways to support you in that. So this week's Small Talk Bookshelf is, I like to call an oldie, but a goodie. So the 2000 release by Dr. Bruce Wilkinson, um, The Prayer of Jabez, Breaking Through to the Blessed Life. So this is obviously a spiritual based book, but I think it's also a matter of principle. And again, this idea of self-belief and not getting caught up in maybe some disparities or discrepancies that you might see in front of you when it comes to what those around you may feel. Uh, you're capable of, but actually aligning your thoughts and your actions with what you know you're capable of. And so um, in this book, Dr. Wilkinson takes readers to the book of Chronicles, which is where we uh, find the story of Jabez, to really start to think about how you can utilize your power and your experiences and the blessings, of course, of God to 
live your best life, as we like to say, and, and really being able to realize that that's also the life that God wants to give to each of us. And so um, the story of Jabez is really one of the most overlooked, I think, stories. And really, he's kind of like a superhero <laughs> in some ways where he's able to overcome what his genealogy or family history says he's supposed to be. And so he basically prays a prayer that brings him literally favor and blessings uh, well beyond anything that he could conceive or think for himself. And so those of us who may be find ways to commit to a similar prayer or prayer life on a regular basis can also imagine for ourselves that this could be a great way um, to live that same sort of blessed life or really understand how to become agents of change within our own life based on what we believe. And so being able to ask to be blessed indeed and to have your territory enlarged is a pretty big request, particularly if you're not necessarily sure of how that's supposed to come to pass. And so recognizing that even though in Jabez's case, his family lineage and people around him told him um, that there was no possible way that anything blessed could ever come from him or that his fruitfulness um, would never happen. It's a great story to learn about utilizing the power of words, the power of belief, but also just a really great way to break through the boundaries of rejection and the things that people will place upon us um, to make us doubt ourselves, but also to doubt the power and the faith that we have to have in order to make things happen. So definitely a good read, especially if you're in your feelings about what you think hasn't happened yet, or you're feeling boxed in, or you're feeling rejected. I definitely think it's a good, good way for people to be able to really think about how to live beyond what you see in front of you and live in the place that you know exists and was created for you. So Prayer of Jabez, Dr. Bruce Wilkinson, I think it came out in 2000, um, so a while ago, but definitely a good read um, in this week's Small Talk Bookshelf pick. So no questions this week for Ask Dr. LP. Um, if you do have questions, please make sure you submit them on the website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com or you can email them to us as well. Um, thank you all again for tuning in. I hope that you have enjoyed this week's time on the Emerald Couch. July is still Minority Mental Health Awareness Month and we have one more week to go. So next week's episode, which I'm really, really excited about, we're going to talk about a general topic um, that's around mental health, but that uh, is also specialized. So I'm trying not to give it away. Um, and I'm excited that I will have a special guest with me who is uh, the expert that I know of in this area. And so I'm super excited to be able to share that with all of you. As always, make sure you like, follow, subscribe, and rate the podcast, submit your questions, and tune in next week. Thank you so much, and we will see you back here on the Emerald Couch.